This is podcast number 301, and the title is Emotional Rescue. And I'm recording this uh, in the height of the aftermath and the les émeutes, the, uh, whether you want to call them riots, protests, peaceful protests, all the different words that describe the nationwide reaction to the death of George Floyd. And I'm trying to offer here a perspective, first and foremost, to myself, from myself, and hopefully to you also, because there's, there's an element of the emotional life which is tied into times like this that um, I want you to consider and I want you to weigh it as you look at your own reaction. And I want to speak a little bit, but only a little bit, out of my own experience uh, as it relates to uh, something that happened very similar to this, at least in my opinion, um, long ago, and then to try to draw from that a, uh, a, uh, a map, let's call it a Doppler map of your life as it relates to the emotions within you as they have been mapped out in uh, even times like this in your experience. Now, what in the world is he talking about? Well, first, <clears throat> you have to remember that... <clears throat> We've been here before. This is not an older person lecturing a younger person. I don't know anything more than you do. I feel, shall I say, very similar to the way you feel because I have a beating heart. But um, actually, historically, purely because of the passage of time, Mary and I have lived through, uh, and I in particular, just because of some geographical and other circumstances, um, lived through uh, a time almost identical down to the details of what is happening right now in uh, uh, summer, early summer of 2020. That was the spring of 1968. And in the aftermath of the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., <coughs> the country went um, into crisis. And I <coughs> was a senior at an independent Episcopal school in Washington, D.C., <clears throat> and we were caught up right in it. Uh, one went downtown to get something one day, to get some tickets to a concert somewhere that could only be purchased downtown. And uh, you were surrounded on all sides by National Guardsmen. Uh, we stood at the top of what's called the Peace Cross on Mount St. Alban near the cathedral overlooking, uh, overlooking Washington. And northeast Washington was burning to the ground. Uh, the record store we loved called Waxy Maxies, which was uh, specialized in R&B and soul music, was burned to the ground. Around. Um, large, large areas of northeast Washington were destroyed, and it took the city and the downtown of Washington, D.C. many years to recover from this. I mean, all the places we used to go to when we were young, um, little boys, little children, just closed, and you, know, you avoided it because of the kind of hex of these horrible burnings and lootings that had destroyed a large section of the city. I'm just saying I'm an impressionable young man at the time. And then one night, uh, <clears throat> I was with someone else, and we were driving back from a movie in DuPont Circle and foolishly I'd forgotten about the curfew and overstayed our time in the city and as we were uh, crossing the Montgomery County line known as Western Avenue into um, Maryland um, in my little car, uh, we were stopped. We were stopped. We were arrested. And fortunately, the guy, the fellow who arrested us realized that we were just sort of, sort of foolish high schoolers and uh, um, 
took pity and didn't take us down because we had officially broken the curfew in two places and uh, allowed me to take someone home and then I returned to my own house on some back streets. Um, but there it was, uh, right in front of us. And we were more than, everything was altered. Everything, the, uh, uh, all the end of the year events were in some way touched, some were canceled and all our summer plans were changed and all our, uh, we were just spooked uh, at the deepest level. And of course we felt very strongly that this was a terrible thing. And remember that song, Abraham, Martin, and John by Dion? Well, that was the feeling. Now, then uh, the exact same thing occurred in relationship to the uh, Vietnam War and the invasion of Cambodia in the spring of 1970, and Mary and I are in college, and college sh sh shuts down. No final grades, no final exams, no final events, no graduation, no commencement <clears throat> at college. Everything is uh, completely um, shut down. I mean, I think there may have been commencement when things quieted down, but for about two months, the, all of life shut down in this country out of and the demonstrations as a result of the Kent State, uh, the, mur the, the shootings in Kent State at the demonstration. I mean, it was terrible. And we just thought our lives had come to an end and nothing would ever be the same. Now, the interesting thing is, what do I think about that period? Well, of course, I remember all that. And I was also arrested. I was arrested one night for returning books really late, like a fool, like at two o'clock in the morning, I was returning books to the library somewhere on the campus, thinking that I was getting, you know, so compulsive. And I was taken in by the campus uh, police car. And he just said, me, what are you doing? Da -da -da -da. Don't you realize that there are groups that are trying to burn down this part of the campus or that part of the campus? Duh. Well, um, but what do I remember about that? I remember um, going one night to an odd, bittersweet movie that had come out a year before that I never in a million years would have seen, but I was kind of hopeless and rootless and alone at that particular moment, and I walked into this movie, a free student Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night movie, and they were showing Joanna. Now, you may not remember, there's a tiny reference to Joanna in the new film, which is very good, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it was a bittersweet, very arty, and quite powerful uh, movie um, that came out, and here I am watching a, 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 a movie that I have no interest in, but it's riveting to me because I'm in a state, and then Rod McEwen's themes come into it. I mean, Rod McEwen, listen to the warm, uh, the last person at that period. I, I was a traditionalist, sort of Edmund Burke conservative in my own view of life and Western civilization, and here I am watching Joanna, <laughs> good grief, and yet it made an indelible impression, and when I think of those times down there and the complete campus strikes and riot, near riots and all the different things that were happening, I think of Joanna because I was in a state of real uh, I was feeling terrible about things and very upset about a personal uh, matter. It had nothing to do with the great events uh, above me and beyond me. It, it had to do with a personal matter, and so I go see a movie. So what do I think of that period at a time of, of, of real sorrow, whatever, the depression, sadness, and um, I, I see Joanna. I think of Rod McEwen. Now, what does this mean? Life is a is like a Doppler. It's like a Doppler map. You go on the Weather Channel right now and you say, okay, I'll put in Orlando or Washington, D.C., and then you scroll down to Doppler and they give you a Doppler map. And if there's a storm, the heavy um, concentration of high winds and intense thunderstorms is a very darker, a dark, increasingly dark um, mass like a sunspot or a globule on the map. And so you can see where the 
places of um, uh, meteorological stress, atmospheric stress are occurring by means of the Doppler and where it's moving all the time. We were in a storm uh, in Sarasota just two nights ago, a really bad storm, and Mary looked at the Doppler and she said, well, I think, I think we're almost out of it now as we were driving, but we got one more cell, C-E-L, to go through, or whatever the right word is, a cell on the Doppler, one more concentration of energy, and boy, that was a tumult, but we got it. We got made it. But you see, your life is like that. There are times in your life, if you have a Doppler map of your life from when you were born to today, there's certain points that were very stressful. And actually, many of them occurred with greatest stress the, long, the further you go back. Because when you're young, you're extremely impressionable. You're, I saw a photograph of a baby, a, a tiny little baby the other day, that's actually the, the parents of the child are going through a stressful time. Nothing horrible, but, but it is. I happen to know it's a stressful time related to the events that are currently happening. And I could see see it on the baby's face. The baby's not more than six months, and I could see just a tiny bit of, I, I felt I could see something that reflected uh, something bigger uh, and that was going on around the child. And uh, life is a Doppler effect. You all find it was there a period when you were 17 when you were in love and you were lost, There was, a, and everything was great, and it was your first connection, and there's a big... Uh, there's a, there's a big uh, sunspot there in the Doppler, but then it goes sort of the clear skies for a while, and then suddenly you're 22, and something else happens along those lines, and you get loved in a time of deep distress and catastrophe, and your life turns around, and there's a Doppler effect, but it's not so much the turning around as what turned it around, that it almost invariably is a, is a positive relationship, or you look at a Doppler in your 30s or 40s when things went south in a relationship, and there's another sunspot, another globule, another cell with intense energy, but this time it's rejection and loss and uh, futility and uh, tragedy. Tragedy! You know, the TGs. Tragedy! Um, the Doppler effect. Now, what I'm trying to say is that underneath the um, the larger, uh, more, shall we say, general issues of uh, emotional stress, that the the deep desire for people to have a racially just society, police force, government, and policy, which is widely spread very widely in this country among all groups of people, not maybe whatever you want to say, but it, it'd be, I, happen, I happen to believe that most people want things to become better and received as equi equity and even unity and harmony. But, 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 remember that song, by the way, Michael Jackson and uh, Ebony and Ivory? Remember that song by Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney? That's what most people really would wish to have. Um, and that is... Uh, involved now in a tremendous amount of rage and anger, what the French call emit riots, uh, but let's call them, whatever, you can call them anything you want. I, I won't prejudice it. Call them anything you want. But um, what you're going to find is years from now, and maybe even months from now, but probably years from now, you're going to look back upon this, and there will be a Doppler, there'll be a cell of intense activity around this time, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if other things have come out. Just like in the pandemic and the lockdown, relationships that were weak got weaker. Relationships that were strong became better, became deeper, became more consistent, became more heartfelt. Um, friends that you were a little marginal in terms of whether they really liked you or not or cared for you, that they were afraid to the end. There are certain people I speaking, well, I really never need to see again because I, I just have no, they have no feeling for me and I have no feeling for them. As it occurs in the crisis, never heard a word, never heard a word, or the words that I did hear were 
rejecting in some form or sardonic or half-hearted. So there's a Doppler in friendships. There's a Doppler most of all in relationships between men and women, romantic relationships, connections and loss of connections, deep bridges and also sunderings and destructions of bridges. <clears throat> like that scene in Battle in Outer Space from 1961 when the aliens and their flying saucers destroy a bridge. Well, um, the Doppler effect is absolutely vital uh, and that's what I really want to present. Where are you in this current very difficult period? This is uh, June of uh, 2020, in relationship both to the general emotions you feel, which are very, very strong among many, many, many people, strong identification with the uh, unjustly treated, uh, strong identification with forces that are unhappy with the way things are, strong identification with perhaps aspects of the way they are. I mean, people have very strong feelings. Usually on one side, they never say them because they're afraid of getting kicked out of life uh, and blackballed. Um, or there are people who feel very, very strongly and are feel so strongly they'll punch you in the face. Um, but it all ultimately has to do with this Doppler effect of relationships that are strong or relationships that are weak and what is happening right now. That's probably what you'll remember. Just as I remember Joanna, a slightly lame but emotional movie, and most importantly, friend and lover, um, reach out of the darkness on that dark night after the assassination of Dr. King when we were arrested. Well, I'm going to finish now with one other um, song. I'm going to, uh, we're going to listen to Question. This is a single, very successful single by the Moody Blues that came out, I believe, in 1968, but I remember it in 1970, but sorry, 69, came out in 1969. And Question, uh, you've heard it before, why don't they ever have the answer to da -da fate and love and war, da 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 knocking at the da da what the wind of love is for a very striking, strong uh, with a lot of synthesizers at the time what, what, there's a word for the synthesizer the Moody Blues used but and then suddenly after two refrains of question about fate and love and war and death and all the terrible things happening the song uh, takes it, just puts the brakes on and suddenly we're in a romantic ballad of one singer with an acoustic guitar. It's not the way that you love me when you do the things you do. It's the way you really do. I'm looking for someone to share my life. I'm looking for a miracle in my life. That's Justin Hayward. I'm trying to imitate his quaver, which has gotten more with the ages, but it's a wonderful song. But it starts out with the big questions, the big cosmic and political and historical questions, cultural questions, but it suddenly goes whole bore and stops those into, I'm looking for someone to change my life. That's the power of the song, and that's what I'm saying in this relationship. I conclude with a quotes from a song, actually, that came out uh, in that exact period, but it was originally written for the musical Hair, so we're talking 1968, but it's right there, and the song is easy to be hard. You go and listen to the version of it. You, you'll all have heard the version by Three Dog Night that was a top five hit, but the version to listen to is the original version of the Broadway, the Broadway, uh, not the off-Broadway, the, 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 the original cast recording of hair in which I think it's Jill uh, it's Jill O'Hara but it may be someone else who sings the song Easy to Be Hard and these are the words she's talking about uh, the large questions the large questions of racial equity and injustice and uh, atonement and expiation and of some kind of uh, cre uh, new systemic change and yet the singer uh, is uh, saying something 
very fundamental at the same time, that her real issues are personal. Um, the song is, It's Easy to Be Hard. This is the lyric, especially people who care about strangers, who care about evil and social injustice. Do they only care about the bleeding crowd? How about a needing friend? I need a friend. Now, that is just unbelievable because um, she's knowing all these people who are actually great when it comes to social injustice and the bleeding crowd, but when it becomes a needing friend, an individual, an individual that they know who's in trouble, a, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a friend, a former friend, a needy person, the, the, the neighbor and the, the, the Good Samaritan helps, not, not some other neighbor, not a group of neighbors, not a religious classification of neighbors, but, um, but the actual person in front of you. How about a needing friend? I need a friend. I had this song came alive so brilliantly in the summer of 1971. There had been further massive demonstrations at Stanford in Stanford in California and also at, um, at, at the Ivy League colleges. And I besought a guy who'd spent all his time throwing stones at the Board of Trustees at Stanford and Palo Alto during these difficult years, throwing stones at the Board of Trustees, literally, and had been in violent on-campus riots in Stanford. And he had his large yellow Volkswagen bus and I desperately needed him to give me a ride somewhere. I was I was in a, involved in a, a relationship, you might say, at a college outside of Boston. And I was so needing to make a correction. I mean, to 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 connect with this person whom I cared for, and I begged him to give me a ride because I didn't have a car and it would take hours to get out there by Peter Pan bus. And um, he said, "Absolutely not. I've got to go and I've got to go and uh, there's a demonstration occurring down." Uh, downtown, uh, and um, I, I've got to go go there. And I said, but can't you this one time just quickly take me out there? It'll just be 25 minutes, and then you can go. I really, really need you, need your help, please. And I said, no, I'm sorry. Well, the friendship was broken forever. Broken forever. Um, probably shouldn't have been. I was probably put pressure on him. Maybe he had a good reason. I, I, all I know is that I came away saying, well, that guy cares about evil and social injustice, and he certainly cares about the bleeding crowd. But how about a needing friend, namely myself? Zip. Well, um, what we want is... And the Doppler effect? Am I really worried about Stanford, the Stanford Board of Trustees at this point? No. But I do remember the fact that I wasn't given a ride to try to mend the fence that I really deeply wanted to mend personally. Give it to me personally. Well, that's a beautiful song too. Well, we're going to end now with question. And uh, I hope you've seen this as a kind of perspective. Um, generalized emotions, absolutely. Um, personal, one-to-one -one emotions, probably they are more constitutive of the Dopplers, the cells, the globules, the concentrated energies and sunspots of your actual life. And I uh, ask you to take that into account with all the love in the world. God bless. Why do we never get an answer? 